fine. I was there. I don't have to listen to it. This week's show because it was a disaster. When you live in a beach resort, it's easy to forget whether you are playing or working. On each week's show, we settle in with a cocktail and try to figure out if there is a difference. This is Day Drinking on Delmarva. I am Todd from goodcleanfunlife.com. Oh, he goes with the low energy. How am I supposed to? And I, if you care, <laughs> I'm Tony Russo, no relation, and you're listening to Day Drinking on Delmarva, a podcast about life and culture on the Delmarva Peninsula. Each week we talk about things that happen because we work here or because we live here. And Todd gets a drink before because he lives here, and I have to drink because I have to live here. Uh, tons of stuff going on uh drinking stuff living stuff Mm -hmm. and i think i don't know if there's a storm coming but i apologize in advance if i get storm interference i've just heard some noises outside that sound windy and thundery um each week we're sponsored by the drinks that we are drinking and you can sponsor us too if you'd like by just telling us that you want to be a sponsor there is no fee for this you will not be added to a list Literally, just send us an, an email. You can send it to me at bytonyrusso at gmail.com. You can also find me socially at bytonyrusso on all of the social media. And Todd, where can they find us um, and where can they find you and how can they be sponsors? Um, they can be sponsors by reaching out. They can find me directly at Todd DeHart on uh, Instagram or Facebook or Good Clean Fun Life YouTube is the is the way to go. I'm going to try to bring the energy up now. Yeah, you started like, you started so low. I was like, wow. Well, there, there was there was something there. I had some incoming uh, correspondence that that was very distracting, and I didn't quite know how that how to handle it if you were catching it or not. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm here. I'm high energy. I am uh, enjoying our sponsor, my sponsor of the week. So. I'm I'm fat boy punishment juice as 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 always. I actually um I was sick earlier. I was sick last week anyway, so it didn't matter to me too much that we weren't able to do the show. Um I had just like a head cold. And so for the first time in months I brought a bottle of whiskey into the house. Mm. And it was crappy whiskey intentionally and not crappy. You know, this is show is not sponsored by old granddad. Old granddad is a good whiskey. If you want to mix it with something that makes it taste less like old granddad. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and my daughter was giving me a hard time about it because, you know, because uh, she's a, she is a, a literal whiskey snob. And I, I said, I wanted to make this pitch. Um, old granddad for when you can't taste it anyway. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a good one. Oh, that's what I wanted to talk about. Um, we'll get to that in in the beginning of our one cool things. Uh, but before that, I interrupted you. They can find us on Day Drinking on Del Marva on Instagram. And where can you be found? And what are you drinking? I am. Uh, you can find me Good Clean Fun Life YouTube and Facebook and Instagram is uh, is where we do all of our living and except for in the real life. And you can find me directly at uh, Todd DeHart. I am sponsored this week once again by Bullet Bourbon. Turns out it's bourbon season. Yeah. <laughs> here yes, in here in Berlin, as it is uh, pretty much every week. So in, everybody in pisses and moans about pumpkin spice. 
beginning yeah. in September. But nobody's like, I can't believe you're drinking bourbon. It's only September. <laughs> that's a good point. Yes, that's it is point. an excellent point. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think that's the commercial uh, bourbon, the pumpkin spice for men all year long. Yes. <laughs> um, before we go any further, since we're on the subject, I texted this to you uh, last week before the show that we ended up not doing. Um, but Woodbridge Wine has joined Tito's in stealing our taglines. Oh, yes. I feel like we should start trademarking. I don't know what to do. So I don't know if you... If you're new to the show, uh, I also stole it from somebody else, but I've called uh, beer. I've, I've been using the phrase beer flavored beer for I've, it's got to be since 2006, 2007 yeah. or so. Right. Um, and of course, you if you if this is your first show, you won't find out until the end of the show. But at the end of the show, we say happy hour is whenever you say it is. Yep. Um, and Woodbridge Wine has a commercial. And their tagline is the weekend begins when you say it does. Mm -hmm. And that is goddamn close to what we say. <laughs> and, and I feel like the reason nobody wants to mention that they listen to the show or that they're a sponsor is because they're just writing down all the goofy things we say and selling them to large corporations. <laughs> Tito's is... got vodka flavored vodka. Yeah. And Woodbridge has got, you know, the weekend starts when you say it does. Yeah. I, I think I think you're right. I think uh, I think I mean we're we've discussed conspiracy theories on the shows on the, before, so this this may very well be a, a good one that uh, I, I'm I'm certainly a hundred percent behind. The other thing I wanted to mention about people not reaching out, and please reach out because we just need we need you two. I'm talking to you very specifically. There's one person who's like I really should just do it. Mm -hmm. And they're not gonna. But please do it. Um I was on a podcast not too long ago and they talked about their Patreon the entire time. Not the entire time. They were they were excellent hosts. Yeah. Uh, but they were like, "Hey, and don't forget you can join our Patreon, hey, and don't forget you And I said, "I'll tell you what. I'll donate a book to your next Patreon subscriber and I'll send them a book with a little note." And they were so excited about that. And then they got a Patreon subscriber that very day. Um, so I got wow. it for them. And that felt kind of cool. But it was their first one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. So they're going yeah. on and on about their Patreon. They had literally no subscribers. And the first one they got is because I sent them a book. So I, I paid about $30 for them to get a you know, $5 Patreon. Um, well, maybe we should start. Maybe we should start uh, offering cash incentives, <laughs> right? <laughs> join our our join our Patreon. It'll be sixty dollars a year, and with your with your um, one of the prizes that you get is we will send you a check for sixty one dollars. <laughs> I think that's great, but you have to you have to pay every, you know five dollars every month, right? That doesn't yeah. add up. <laughs> yes, so that's right. And then at the yeah. end of the year, we send you $61. <laughs> I always thought, and I'm, if I ever get really, really flush, I'm going to do this. I wanted to do a social science experience. I might have come up with it on this show. We may have already talked about this years ago. Um, I want to stand outside a liquor store and I want to try to buy people's lottery tickets from them for a dollar more than they paid. Wow. 
So would you, do you want the chance to win a million dollars or you want a dollar more than you, you went in with? I, I want to know. Oh yes. That's what I'm asking them. Yeah. Yeah. I I want to know if they are willing to part with the numbers that are in their hands, even though they, yeah, they could go get more. Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe they play the same numbers every week. Um, there are a lot of people do do that play the same numbers. So, but I, even like, if they, but if they sold it to me and they hit, they would still have to split it with me. Like right. if they sold it with me, took the dollar I gave them yeah. and went back and bought the same ticket. Right. They'd have to split it with me and they'd have to live with that. Yeah. And, and you would be like, I still have a dollar more than you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. That would be an interesting experiment. Yes. I, I would just, I, I, you know, and you probably could do it for a hundred dollars. Like I could probably just get a hundred dollars and mm-hmm. find people. And when they come out say, Hey, did you buy a lottery ticket? I'll buy it from you for two fifty or whatever yeah. the difference is. Yeah. You know, and, and that's a big thing with social media is like buying, uh, maybe it's not so much anymore, uh, because it's so obvious, but like buying, buying viewers. But I like the idea of not like buying listeners for a podcast uh that are just like you know faceless uh nameless drones and you know some some farm in some foreign land but like actually convincing people for a very nominal fee to, to, li- to listen to listen and, and and it's about the commitment you like you're gonna this is a terrible return on your investment but you're going to get more than yeah. when you started. We'll pay you a dollar to listen for a year. Yeah. That would be insane. Uh, Cause the other, the other downside of course, is that over the course of the year, like the tax implications, like if like 50,000 people did it and all of a sudden we have like $2.6 million <laughs> that we then, then have we... to turn around and write, <laughs> write a check for, you know, $2.7 million. That would right. get, that would get ugly. Or we just start a Ponzi scheme and like if you give me a thousand dollars, I will I will give you ten thousand dollars at the end of the year and we just you know keep promising ten thousand dollars to all of our listeners. Yeah, every month. Every month every- the other guys back up. <laughs> so sorry I derailed us with those stories, but oh, they fun. they needed to be told. I each week we talk about things that happen to us because we live here or because we work here, which is what I said earlier. And we call that one cool thing. And um, this week, actually, I think we're going to start with Todd's and go to mine um, because we can talk about Todd's a lot and we can talk about mine just a little and that would be fine with me. Yeah. So what what was your one cool thing this week? Uh, my one cool thing this week was uh, that we were filming an event, an event up in uh, Lewis at the Bethany Blues there's two Bethany Blues. There's one in Bethany Beach, the original, and then they they have one in uh, uh, up on the highway. Um, it's a great spot, great barbecue. You know, part of the family, good people who work there, uh, and um, really take pride in what they do. Well, I think a, a good example of them taking pride is one of their uh, bartenders, uh, Ryan has been there for a number of years, and he's uh, like he's a craft cocktail guy. He's entered some some contests to create his own craft cocktails, 
And uh, we, we found out just recently that he is actually only one of three participants or finalists rather in uh, Sagamore Rye National Craft Cocktail Competition. So he's wow. created he's created this own thing. Um, it's like next Tuesday, they're going up to Baltimore. They're going to go to, uh, like they're staying at the Pendry, which of course is, you know, connect super fancy hotel in Baltimore, downtown and Fells Point that's connected with Sagamore. They are going to be doing a competition. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and he's, he's put together this nice, this, this wonderful cocktail. And, uh, you know, it's like talking about taking pride in what you do and your work and, and, and that sort of thing. I, th- I feel like you could just be a bartender and, you know, be like slinging Bud Lights across, uh, across the bar to in, in Ocean City, uh, you know, or anywhere in the world to just people who just want the next Bud Light. But, you know, when, you, when you have a, uh, uh, an ownership group and a management group and, and like, and also a fan base of, of your restaurant, like Bethany blues does, um, you know, you can take chances and you can go out and you can, and you can try to do, uh, do stuff like this. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think it's, I think it's really neat. I always talk about, you know, uh, our clients as being like super hard workers and, and, um, always feel very fortunate to be connected with such strong businesses. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this is like, this is a great example of an individual in like, you know, in the business that is getting some notoriety and getting some, um, you know, some attention for, for taking pride in what he does and, and that sort of thing. And I do think it's really neat. And one of the things that, that, you know, Let's be honest. We killed it before COVID did, but it COVID would have killed it anyway. It was we, we used to go and do uh, do the show live from there, and they always had just yeah. splendid, splendid cocktails that they'd bring out, and it was always it was always a lot of fun to see, you know, what what they were coming up to, or or just takes just their takes on regular cocktails that I've had before. Mm-hmm. Um, you had mentioned though that we do have the video. Do you want to pop that up? Because I'd like to I'd like to do. I'd like to take the audience through um, through what's in it and and what he does and how it looks. The yeah. uh, the listening audience and the viewing audience can see for the goddamn selves. As a matter of fact, I refuse for you to listen. If you're watching yeah. this, turn <laughs> the watching. sound don't, down. Don't Figure listen. it out your goddamn self. Yeah. No. So we did. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to play this video. It's just a minute long, and it's him uh, actually at uh, the bar making this cocktail during uh, a Blues of Palooza event. There's some background noise. He does explain what he's doing, um, but I'll also uh, unmute our mics so that you can uh, so that you, we we can we can kind of walk along. But here. I'm making an original cocktail called The Nobleman, and it's going to be Sagamore Rye, Ancient Trade Bitters, Black Walnut Bitters with Yellow Chartreuse and All Spice Dram. And then from there, we smoke uh, Luxardo Cherries for about four or five hours, and then uh, Lemon Zest Rim. And then this is just the original cocktail that I created for the Sagamore Rye uh, Cocktail Showdown national competition and I'm super stoked about it <laughs> the, yeah the, that's for you baby 
Smoked cherries are one of my favorite uh, things to get in a cocktail. Um, next to mulled cherries, and I think we've talked about that at length. Uh, my wife, Kelly, one year um, mold, molded mold, like mm-hmm. mold wine, but mm-hmm. she used those spices and she soaked cherries in them. And we could only do that the one year because I drank an embarrassing amount of bourbon that, <laughs> that winter. It yeah. was it was so hard. Like, yeah, I'll drink three shots of bourbon just to get to the sugar cherry. Yeah, good. Tom. <laughs> that sounds like an excellent idea. Right, right. So, I mean, it, pretty fun. I, I can tell you that the the taste of it. Uh, I joke because I drink bourbon all year round, but this was this was probably the pumpkin spice of cocktails. Like, it had it felt like fall. It felt like well, he said he had the black walnut and the allspice mm-hmm. in there, which is which is gonna which is gonna make it folly. And of course, having the smoked cherries. What I liked about the smoked cherries, and one of the things that he I don't know if he mentioned it, but we certainly saw it in the video. He also does that thing where they set the lemon rind on fire Mm -hmm. um, to give, to give an extra bit of smokiness. And when it's done well, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing to compete with that. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't need, I don't need my drinks to taste like, you know, bacon leavings, but (laughs) when you can have like a little bit, when, when the smoke is enough to just give it, some depth. I mean, you've already got the bourbon, which is which is going to be have a smoky ish flavor, and mm-hmm. so when you put actual smoke in there, that just brings out the bottom notes in the bourbon, the bottom parts of the bourbon, bottom flavors, uh, the underpinnings, and it is it's just always a, it's always a treat, and that looks like a fantastic drink, uh, labor intensive for sure. That's not right. something you're making on the Fourth of July, or you're not going to mm-hmm. have it on special on the Fourth of July anyway, right? Well, and that's, and that's kind of what was fun about it is he made that, and it was a big event that was going on while, uh, while we were up there. And, you know, it was kind of like right in front of the service bar. It just, it it happened to be like an open spot. Um, and people like people still appreciated it. I mean, they were, they were there for some, for some, uh, food and entertainment and, you know, and, and the entire experience, but they 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 get what's what's happening too, and also you got me with a big camera and right, you know gimbal and yeah, it gets people's attention. The camera, the camera. That's what I know that. So I would I'm going to make this number up. I bet twelve percent of the people can tell the quality of the camera from the film. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go big. Let's say it's thirty percent. I do not believe for a second that it's thirty percent, but let's pretend it's thirty percent. Sure. It's still most people can't tell the difference if it was filmed on a decent camera or not. But if you have a decent camera, they will stay the hell out of your way in a way right. that they won't. When you have an iPhone, they just ignore you. We've talked about this a thousand times. Sure. Uh, when I do stuff for the newspaper, I still bring the camera, use the iPhone. I mean, I could bring the camera like without any charge in it. Um, mm-hmm. I've actually I, I was at a I was at, a, at an event once where my battery died. And I would take pretend pictures with the camera and my actual pictures with the iPhone. And no one can tell the difference, especially, mm-hmm. you know, online. You know, this isn't this isn't uh, in, uh, you know, uh, an IMAX or anything. This right. Is, you're not you're not blowing it up on a on a big screen. Right. And I don't have to do anything interesting with the light and all sorts of and all sorts of things like that. And, you know. And, you know, because you're a professional, like you can't afford to have the light screw you 
Yeah, yeah. But because you chickened out and used your iPhone. Well, and it it it's it is interesting too. Uh, part one of the reason, and maybe worth mentioning, one of the reasons I missed last week's show is uh, uh, finishing up a video with uh, Kevin Dunworth. He's got a. Uh, a bike that is is finishing up and it's like coming down to the wire and basically have run out of time to shoot stuff on my end but he's got an iphone 12 and i'm like oh yeah you know put it in this setting uh you know and shoot it landscape style and we are good and that like that one shot that i need he'll be able to get and send to me and then it's yeah nobody will nobody will know the difference and let's just say for people who haven't been listening for all 12 years, oh, Kevin yeah. <laughs> Dunworth is. <laughs> Kevin Dunworth uh, is uh, Dunworth Machines, formerly Loaded oh, had, Gun Customs. Yeah, had a different name. Yeah, he's, he's uh, kind of rebranded, but he builds bikes. He builds custom motorcycles. And this was a, a neat project that he did with his wife, who was out of work right as COVID was starting. And, and basically, they built this bike. Uh, over the past year and a half, um, you know, uh, and, and mostly, mostly Aaron, his wife was, was building it. So that is super yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, this week I had a bunch of stuff going on. My one cool thing that I want to talk about that I ought to have to talk about and that I will go over again uh, next week is that I'm participating in the Indie Lit Fest in Frostburg, Maryland. Um, this will be my, this will be the four. I I did my first one four years ago, and it's it's a fun, you know, independent literature festival. Um, it's really mostly in independent publishers, and you know, people don't understand like there are not not levels up and down. Let's say divisions side to side. You know, there's mm-hmm. people who do self publishing, and there are people who do um vanity publishing which is i want to make a book but i only have money and no talent and Mm. i pay you to do everything and there are people who um who are independent publishers who publish books but they don't give you know hundred thousand dollar uh advances signing bonuses there's no you know huge bonuses and then there's um you know, traditional publishing, which, you know, will have usually a, a, a bonus and, you know, there are and more reach and things like that. I'm with an independent publisher, which is different from having self-published. Right. Um, and this is the Indi- the Indie Lit Festival uh, brings together independent publishers um, to, to showcase their books. And it's usually it's just like a conference. You know, they talk about writing, talk about you know, a lot of poetry which you know i'm 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 never going to be elected to defend poetry on actually i could defend poetry on planet earth i don't know mm. if i could defend poetry in salisbury maryland <laughs> as that's, a, as that's a an interesting yeah uh, no no you know what so i i really love poetry very much but i i don't like readings as i i for me i like poetry to be more private. I like to read it in the book. I don't yeah, mind yeah. going to readings. I think a poetry reading should be 15 minutes long at the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, poets don't understand that because they think that 
Um, everybody needs to listen to six to 12 hours of poetry in a row, no matter yeah. how bad your ears start bleeding. And so I've, I've had it become like this kind of, you know, like naysayer about poetry because people are like, won't you come to my reading? And I have to say, I don't like poetry. Right. Right. Because if you say no, because I know that it's going to be long and I know that 70% of the poems are going to be unlistenable and the 30% that I'm going to like, isn't worth my night and having to pretend that I don't hate everything else. Right. You know, which is the only place you, you have to do that. You know, like um, if you go to a concert, you know, what's going to go on there. They don't just say, all right, well, we just grabbed these bands and you like music. So here's a concert. <laughs> Here, good luck. Yeah, exactly. Right, like, right. Do you like poetry? Well, here's a poetry reading. I, I don't know, you know, do yeah, you like music? Yeah. All right. Well, here are the Ramones or here is Beethoven. Fine. But that's not what, when I think of a concert, I mean, I think of, you know, less, not the Ramones or Beethoven. I think of like stadium rock, you know? So it's, uh, it's always a problem for me anyway, but the publishers are all awesome. and. The poetry is all top notch because it's published poets. Um, and even when it's not top notch, you can dip out. You know, yeah. they have they have short reading sections. You know, yeah. yes, you can sit there and listen to all 15 poets for three hours, or you can pop in, listen to one poet for 10 minutes, and then just walk out and nobody's feelings are hurt. It's not right. like, oh, I'm turning my back on you. It's like, okay, I got I got my poetry fixed for the year. You know, and now I'm ready to go. I mean, the poet they had two years ago was a fantastic, like the head poet, the the opening act, the uh, you know the the launch person. Right. She was incredibly talented, um, and uh, like a known poet. Like if you know poets, and I told you her name, you would know it. Right. Right. Um, and at about 25 minutes, I'm like, oh god, I hope this doesn't go on. And 26 minutes it was over like i'm like if she reads one more poem we're gonna have a problem like i and she, and they were good i was just for me a poem is something that i like to chew on for a while i like to think about it you know mm -hmm. and you know when you think about a bunch of different things one after the other after the other it's just it becomes a cacophony and yeah. that's not my thing so this has been poetry hour with tony russo <laughs> I don't know why you didn't shut me up seven minutes ago. But I anyway, I, I could have. Uh, no, this is what you're going to be talking about when you're up in up in Frostburg. No, like... I'll be doing my ode to Sherry Schreiner spiel up at. So I will, I believe, maybe reading from my book, but I'll be talking about doing the research for um, Dragged Into the Light, uh, something, 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 Sherry Schreiner. But I'll be talking about my research and I'll be talking about, you know, how I went about getting it published by, you know, my how it got published story. And I may read from the book. I'm sorry. I'm not saying like that, like it's a teaser. I literally don't know if they tell me read from the book. Right. I'll read right. from the book. <laughs> if they don't say read from the book. Well, you I know, Tony, I like to sit and chew on my conspiracy stories. So, you know, like. This is you, perfect. I'm going to give you the introduction. It takes about eight minutes to read, and then you perfect. can you can chew on it the entire time because that's all, you know. That's all I'm going to do. I'm not uh, I'm not good at reading out loud. I'm shockingly bad at reading out loud. Yeah, one of that's my interesting. well, I read ahead, mm. so my eyes get too far ahead of my 
mouth and then they trip one another up. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's happened to me since I was a child. Uh, But anyway, the Indie Lit Fest, I'll talk about it more next week. I'll put the link in both this and next week's show so that you can do it. We did the the Nobleman was the name of that drink. Did we say that out loud? I I believe so. All right. The Nobleman. And uh, last but not least, as we come up to the end here, I did have another story come out about the police thing. Todd and I talked about it before the show. Yep. It's a long tax implications. History. Let's let's go from poetry hour to tax hour with Tony. Right. Tax hour in Poetry Del doesn't bore you? How about taxes? <laughs> Do you want to talk about the constant yield rate and its effect over the course of two decades on a small town? No? No. Why not? Um, so, well, I mean, your taxes work the same way. I'm almost 100% sure. Mm. I don't know if Del- I don't know if Berlin's does, but I know Worcester County's does. I believe Worcester mm. County's does. Um, and it's something that's called the constant yield rate. And that what they do is they put a cap on how much revenue they can earn in a year. Okay. And so this is important. <laughs> I swear. No, I like. And so let's say your town gets a million dollars a year right, Uh to run the town. And it costs a million dollars a year to run the town, right? And then the next year, it costs a million, $1.5 million to run the town, right? Right. But you get $1.8 million in revenue, right? What you do with that additional money um, is you use it to make a tax cut. And so towns keep cutting property taxes because they keep building, but they're adding people and then they're like, we can't afford all these cops. I'm like, well, that's because you, every time a new person moves to town, everyone else gets a tax cut. Um, mm. And it's, uh, it's insane. And, but I mean, most of, most of Maryland works that way. So, and I'm, I'm almost certain Worcester does that. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I'm not a hundred. I know why Comico does why Comico has for years, which is one of the things that's choking it to death. I don't know if they did away with it two years ago. I knew they were talking about it. Um, and so, yeah, tax talk, poetry slam. Ha ha. <laughs> bourbon. Bur- yeah. And Todd was the one that, that talked about the bourbon the whole time. Go figure. <laughs> All right. About well, it. if you have not subscribed to the newsletter yet, we would appreciate it if you did. Um, we send this out every week with a little note from me. Um, for the newsletter, but please subscribe wherever you get your information, um, including, you know, YouTube. If you're, if you're, if you like to use YouTube, but are listening to this on the podcast, you remember that you can subscribe to the GCFL YouTube page mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. still see the show or still listen to the show. This is what I don't understand about YouTube. People really turn it on and don't look at it. And it's mind boggling. I mean, yeah, common but mind-boggling right right yeah i mean people like poetry also (laughs) there are people who like to listen to poetry i don't know i'm i'm one of them but i'm a small doses guy (laughs) i think Uh, it makes sense i think it makes sense for you to say you like poet you like you like reading poetry not performed poetry Yes, that's the that's the that's the best I can do because I don't want to I don't want to go to your reading unless you're my friend, in which case I've been to your reading and I've told you I came just to hear you and (laughs) And anybody else and nobody and nobody has a problem with it. I remember just briefly uh, a friend of mine, Tina, uh, 
we'll just say Tina because I don't know if she's comfortable being associated with me at all. <laughs> uh, but a friend of mine had a had a reading at the Salisbury Poetry Week, and it was I'm sure I'm sure I talked about it for an hour on the podcast that week because it was fucking brutal. Yeah, uh, yeah. But her poems were her poems were great, you know, and 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 she read them well, and they were short. And she got up, she said her piece, and she sat down. And then you have all of these, you know, and also she's always been a poet. Like that's what she, that's what she does. You know, Um, you have a lot of these, you know, guys that used to be middle managers at Purdue, uh, but now they have these fat pensions and they're fun and they're finding their, uh, they're finding their artist's soul. And uh, I don't have, I don't, I can't, I can't. I don't like beans, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I better stop now before I, I just do have like the four friends left as it is. Yeah. Um, anyway, come see me at the Litter Fest. I won't do I won't do poetry, I promise. But if you like poetry, there's gonna be lots of good poet poetry and I'll put it all in the thing. Uh all right. Well, I got nothing else anyway. How about you? Mm, I got nothing. All right, well remember till next time at the beach. It's happy hour whenever you say it is. Cheers. Day Drinking on Delmarva with Todd DeHart and Tony Russo is produced weekly, mostly by dumb luck. You can join them Wednesday afternoons or find them online at daydrinkingondelmarva.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll check back in with you next week.